it would help if I turned the right microphone on. I, I'm used to my other studio. I'm on mic two in this studio, mic one. That's behind the scenes BS you don't need to know about. I'm Brad. He's John. Together, we're talking all sorts of weird stuff. Now, um, yesterday, John, I'm yes. listening to, and, and you're a guy who has, in your career, and we'll talk about this, you used to work for Monsanto for many years. In your career, you traveled quite a bit, right? I did, yeah. So this is the big travel week where everybody, as a matter of fact, they say yesterday it officially started, and this is the crazy time. And yesterday, when I'm driving around listening to Clay and Buck, they both were unanimous in saying that the the worst thing you can do is call someone and say, hey, I'm flying in. Can you pick me up at the airport? And I'm going, mm, I, I'm and going. Why is that? Well, I'm the, I'm the same way. I'm going like, huh? And they, they, they keep going. Don't you know what Ubers were created for? Don't call your relatives and tell them to pick you up at the airport. Call an Uber. Because yeah. they're, they're saying that if you go to pick up your friends or relatives at the airport, you're creating more traffic. But I'm thinking to myself, now hold on a minute now. If a car pulls up to the airport, if, if, you, if you come to pick up your relatives at the airport, you're in a car. If your relative is at the airport and he calls an Uber... There's still a car that comes picks him up. So Absolutely. How does yeah, that, that sense? How does that eliminate any traffic at the airport? Hey, maybe Clay and Buck just don't enjoy spending that extra thirty well, minutes in the car with relatives. That could also be the case. They made it out to be like it was water torture. They were going like, if you are so insensitive that you would call up a friend or a relative and have them pick you up at the airport or drop you off, and I'm thinking to myself. God, in my life, I've done that dozens of times. Yeah, you know, of course. I mean, now, of course, thank, thanks to Uber, it makes it, it it at least gives you another option. So if you've come in from out of town and you really just want to head straight to your hotel before you go see your family, like if you're visiting, if you happen to be staying at a hotel, maybe that makes sense. If you don't want to deal with relatives right away. Yeah, but, but otherwise, you're right. I mean, one car equals one car. But but they're not just saying this for like for like relatives. They're saying this. This is a general rule. If like, and, and here's the thing, how many times through my, you know, business career have I had someone who has flown in the town to have a meeting with me? I'll go pick them up at the airport. Absolutely. Well, that's a courtesy, isn't it? Right, like It's just right. a kind thing to do. You right. want to greet them when they come to town. And and I remember, you know, I remember a, a time, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, interesting time for me. Uh, one of the, or actually two of the, one of the saddest moments and one of the happiest moments I had was my daughter. When she was still going to Mizzou, um, she was uh, majoring in. She had two. She had a double major: international business and Spanish. And she was a very fluent Spanish speaker and writer and the whole bit. And one semester, she did one of these immersion things where she went to Seville, Spain, yeah. and literally took a semester of college at a university that had some kind of re- reciprocity uh, uh, agreement with Mizzou. So I remember. I think at the time she was like 9, 20 or 21. I remember, you know, her mother and I driving her to the airport and I'm thinking to myself, I'm putting my little girl on a yeah. plane. She's she has she knows no one, you know, no one. She's yeah. not going with anybody. There's nobody from her university's going. She's going on a plane. She's flying for the first time in her life. She's flying across the ocean to another yeah. country and there's nothing I can do. It's, that's why it's called immersion, Brad. <laughs> well, but the interesting part of this story was on the return trip, this was so bizarre. I mean, I, and I, I had so much respect for my daughter after this. They had this, 
journey from hell on the way back where she met up with with one girl who was not from Missouri but she was someplace I think in Ohio and it turned out they had the same they had a flight from Seville to London I think they were going to the Heathrow on the way back this would have been right before Christmas and I can't remember what year this was and when they got to Heathrow they found out that the flight from Heathrow into the United States was canceled wow so and there wouldn't be another one to the next day so I think they slept in the airport in Heathrow. So the next day, the plane takes off, and it's supposed to go into Philadelphia, and then she's supposed to get a a a um, um, you know a, a, a flight from Philly back into St. Louis. Okay, so she's supposed to come in like she's she was supposed to come in on like on a on a on a Friday, and now she's in uh, on a Saturday. She's in Heathrow and 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 she spends the night at the airport she comes back and as they're flying into philly the weather's bad and they can't land at philly so they divert to i think syracuse new york and they end up being in syracuse new york but they can't get off the plane because there's no custom station at syracuse so it's not an international so they have they they fuel the plane up, and she ends up someplace down in South Carolina at like nine o'clock at night on a Saturday night, and then she takes a flight from from uh, um, downtown uh, from 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 Syracuse or from she slept on the floor in the airport I think in in some place in South Carolina, and then the next morning she flew back so it was Sunday morning so she'd left Thursday from Seville Spain and she got back Sunday morning. And I will never forget standing at the concourse, watching her walk up the concourse, and I'm going like, God, I can't believe it. And it was one of those moments where, you know, she was so happy to be home, not necessarily happy to see me, maybe she was, I don't know, but it was just one of those things where it's like, God, I mean, what if I would have said, hey, Amanda, just take an Uber, you know, I'm yeah. not coming to airport. I mean, then, then she might have had a peacefully quiet drive home, Brad. <laughs> Yes. She might have enjoyed a little peace and quiet after that hectic trip. Right, I wouldn't have been pumping her. Saying, hey, no, what happened? What happened here? Did you meet yeah, a guy? Yeah. Blah 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 blah. That kind of stuff. Okay, so so your read on the thing with 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 uh, with the two dudes on on their on the ex Russ Limbaugh show that y- you agree with the fact that they say, hey, don't expect you know don't you know the worst thing you can ask your relatives or friends is to come pick you up at the airport or drop you off at the airport. I don't know, you know, Brad, I, and I might also suggest that a little bit of this is generational. So if you're 21 years old, and I know that, that, that uh, Clay and Buck are not 21 years old, they're more my age, I'm 45. Yes. But I think if you're, if you're younger, you think, why would you inconvenience a friend or family member but, to drive to what's probably going to be an urban area in most cities and pick you up when you can just spend 20 or $30 of mom and dad's money and make it to where to your destination. See, I I, I guess it is a generational thing because I think to myself, for so many reasons. First off, I love going to the airport. I love going yeah. to the airport. I've always loved going to the airport. And secondly, even though even though it's the and, and not only that, save money. You know what I mean? I mean, like yeah, why? Oh, for sure. You know, for I sure. mean, like yeah. Somebody's gonna say, well, you're taking money away from an Uber guy, dude. You know what? I got my own car. I don't need Uber. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, there are and times. Also, let's think about this. I imagine that most folks, so for example, if I would be flying to some city when I worked for a large corporation, I didn't pay for any of that. Right. So even if I had a friend or a coworker in town, I'm not paying that $30 to get to the hotel. Like I'm charging that Uber fee to the company. I don't care. 
Well, it's funny you should mention that because that brings up an interesting uh, story that, that, that maybe I should or maybe I shouldn't tell. I ran a traffic network where we did traffic reports from 1984 to 1994, and I bought the, I, I sold the company in 1994, which I still regret that, but that's a whole other story. Sold it to a big company called Metro Traffic. And they bugged me for about two years before I sold it to them because they were always in town. They didn't have any operations here in town. They were always in town. And, uh, you know, one of the executive vice presidents, hey, Brad, I'm in town. Let's have lunch. I want to talk to you about buying your business. I don't really want to meet you. And I, I, I really stalled them off. Yeah. Do you know why they were always in town? Because they could expense it or they could rack up their airline miles. <laughs> Honest to God, one of, the, one of the, the big VP dudes told me this story. They loved Sauge. Oh, wow. So when See, they, there you go. When, Illinois bringing. And by the way, remember that uh, Illinois has, has a street called Monsanto Drive or Monsanto Avenue. Right, so right over there. Monsanto right. has a long history with Sauge. Right, right. When they were flying cross-country, rather than just fly direct, they would make a stop in St. Louis once again, they'd expense it because they, you know, they got a rental car and and they got a hotel. And I don't know if they expense Sauget, but they go to the strip clubs and they, the next morning they would fly out and complete their whatever they're headed to. I was going to say for the folks here in, in freedom loving Franklin County that might not be familiar with Sauget, it's known for nighttime entertainment. Right, I think everybody knows that. It's the I, it's they might they might the pops and Oz and and Diamond Cabaret and although a couple of places are gone, I went over there. I went over there. I, you know, I've been there in a while. Every once in a while, I'll drive over there. And and people, this is like one of these crazy things where I tell people that I used to work in Sanje. And people go, what'd you do? Were you a stripper or something like that? Were you a bouncer? <laughs> when I flew helicopters, this is sort of weird. The north side of the airport is Sanje and the south side of the airport is Cahokia, which, by the way, is not even Cahokia anymore. Do you know that it's now Cahokia Heights? I didn't know that, no. Yeah, they took... I think it was Allerton. They they merged like three or four of those little munis over there in the east side around East St. Wow. Louis. And they m- merged them into Cahokia Heights. Anyway, the north side of the airport is Sauge. So when I used to fly traffic, twice a day I drove, I drove in the Sauge because I drive in in the morning and I'd leave in, you know, after fly traffic in the morning and then drive back out. And then in the afternoon I'd drive back over. So twice a day I was in Sauge. Every single day, Monday through Friday, because we only did Friday, you know, traffic Monday through Friday, every day for couple years and that's what I did and to the point where where I found it fascinating and you're exactly right a lot of people think it's nothing but strip clubs but Sauge is actually a huge industrial town right because that's, that's what most of the most of the city is actually right they got Monsanto got that Cerro Copper they got all those places over yep. there and matter of fact one of the guys on on the point when he would do I remember this was funny I used to listen to the point all the time and he would do the live ad for Sage he'd do he'd do one of the ads for like Pops or Oz or something like that and he would say he'd get directions hey head east across the Pop Street Bridge south on Route 3 and when you can taste the air you're there <laughs> I believe it <laughs> The funny thing about it is he's exactly right because yeah. on certain days when you're over there, especially near the Cerro Copper plant, you could literally taste the air. You could taste it in your mouth. It was bizarre. So that was my experience with Sajay. Okay. So 738, I'll tell you what, let's go a little bit, little bit longer here. So we talked about the Uber thing. Okay. Um, you know, I don't have it where we can do phone calls yet. So one of the things that if you and I keep going on with this, we have to be able to call Bill Igo from time to time, don't you think? Absolutely. That would be fun. And, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about the governor's race today, I expect, on the This Week in Missouri Politics midweek update. Now, explain what you're doing on that. You're going to be on TV. Is that on TV today? 
Yeah, it's on. So the so for folks who don't know, a guy named Scott Fawn is the publisher of the Missouri Times newspaper and online website, and he hosts a weekly show that's broadcast on television throughout the state of Missouri. One day a week, he does what's called a midweek update that he live streams on YouTube, where he talks to usually elected officials or other folks involved in the Missouri political ecosystem. And I'm on there today at 9 a.m. I'm going to talk a little bit about our new show, The Brad and John Show. And also, I expect to talk a little bit about the Dean Plocker controversy, probably a little bit about the Missouri governor's primary here, and any other topics that come up. The Dean Plocker thing, and let's briefly touch on that. Is that much ado about nothing? I wouldn't call it much to do about nothing, but I would say it's probably somewhere in, in between a big deal and not a deal at all. Well, the, the story is, wasn't the story that he, 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 got, he got paid, he took some trip and he got paid for, paid for it by the state and also by, out of his campaign fund. Isn't that what the deal is? Yeah, in general, and, and it, was, it was a series of trips that goes back to, I believe, 2018. And in short, you can have your campaign pay for official business trips like that are official state business. But what happened was there were a number of trips where Dean Plocker's campaign paid for the trip. And then Dean Plocker went through the state of Missouri and got reimbursed the same amount personally and claimed that he paid for it personally. So, in other so words, that's where the problem is. He was making money on the trip, essentially. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And But it wasn't a lot of money, though, was it? It wasn't a lot of money, for sure. And I mean, I think in Dean's defense... Dean has pointed out that he self-reported this issue, that he discovered it, and that he's already begun paying the money back. And I don't, I don't think anybody believes that that Dean actually set out to deceive the state of Missouri or deceive taxpayers. But at best, it makes you and your campaign look incompetent. And to add a, an additional kink to the whole thing is that Dean's campaign treasurer is his wife. Now, one of the things that I'm going to talk about on the midweek update today is I believe it's a terrible idea for anyone to have their spouse be their campaign treasurer because when things go – when inevitably mistakes are made in accounting and you try to blame your treasurer, you just come off looking like a jerk. You know, it's funny. uh, I haven't talked about this. Maybe we'll talk about this tomorrow. Um, I said this to you the other day and you were sort of surprised at this. Uh, Back in September, I was a guest speaker at the candidate school for the St. Charles County Republican Party. Okay? Right, right. And one of the speakers who is just, do you know Mike Summers? Do you know this, who this guy yeah. is? His, his wife was a state rep. Mike Correct. is a CPA, and Mike is one of these guys. I kid about the fact that, you know, we talked about the John Alba Rolodex thing. Uh, Mike Summer, if you want to meet somebody, if you need to find out who the guy is who takes care of the the accounting for uh, the state of Missouri, for uh, hubcaps on police cars, and you say this to Mike Summer, oh, I know that guy. He pulls up his phone, and he's yeah. got the guy's name, phone number, email address, the whole bit. He knows everybody. But he was one of the guest speakers, and he he did like about 45 minutes on this, how important it is for the, when you're running for office, to have an absolute positive, squeaky clean financial situation. And talked about the whole deal with with the, you know, your treasurer and the whole bit. And he gave a couple examples of some, shall we say, not so good treasurers who ended up getting campaigns sunk. And I think in one case, the candidate actually got investigated and was 
almost going to end up with a big monstrous fine from you know not only from like the was it the Missouri Election Commission the MEC yeah, the Ethics Commission yeah, yeah. The Ethics Commission is that is it elect, Election Commission Ethics Commission is it's M- the Ethics Commission Missouri Election M- MEC and I believe he was going to get audited by the IRS sort of like along the lines of this whole this Dean Plocker thing where essentially you know he's sort of being accused of Essentially, yes, yeah. and and getting money and essentially not paying taxes on it and blah 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 blah. But you know what? We don't have to worry about that because remember when 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 they push that thing through with the eighty eighty thousand new IRS agents, they're not gonna uh, they're not gonna Absolutely. audit. They're not gonna course. audit and anybody. We know that that's gonna take right. place. They're we not know that they're, that they're just just trying to help the average American. Right. They're not gonna audit anybody under four hundred thousand a year. Was what they said. Yeah. <laughs> and yet you hear these you hear these stories about people getting audited. You know. I mean, well, we won't go there. IRS agents may be listening, and we we may be audited. So. Yeah. <laughs> and God knows that's that's no fun. Okay, we have to take a break. Uh, this is the Brad and John show, or whatever the heck we call it. We have no bumps. We have nothing. We don't even know if this show is going to pass this week. This is testing out a couple, actually testing out a new studio and a bunch of other things, and we'll just see how the hell it works and just play it by ear. It's seven forty-three.